This is Jay Baer from Convince and Convert, and welcome to the Content Pros Podcast, where you'll hear the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world. The show is brought to you by Oracle Marketing Cloud, helping businesses use the latest marketing technologies to tell their stories and connect with their customers. The show is also brought to you by Vidyard, the best platform for creating, managing, and optimizing your video content marketing. And the show is brought to you by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create, manage, and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer journey. The hosts of the show are Randy Frisch and Tyler Lessard. Find all links, archives, and more at contentprospodcast.com. Now, here's Randy, Tyler, and this week's special guest. Welcome to another episode of Content Pros Podcast, part of Convince and Convert. And today, I've got Tyler Lessard joining me. I am Randy Frisch, and we've got a great guest in Nate Skinner joining us from Salesforce. And today, we're going to actually talk about AI. And it's it's funny. I was on a panel the other day in Boston, and the panelists were all talking to each other as to like, how long into the conversation could we go without dropping either AI or ABM, right? And I, I think we almost made it seven minutes, uh, which was a pretty big accomplishment. But these days, it's hard to go anywhere without some of these new trends for us as marketers. And I know, Tyler, it's creeping into your world at Vidyard too, and everything you're doing to go to market. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun topic. You know, AI has been something that I think has underpinned marketing technology for a number of years now. Um, but we're just starting to find the right, I think, words and nomenclature to describe how it's being used and, and how we can leverage it in the future to deliver better programs and to build better technology. Um, but I think in this conversation, I'm really excited to have Nate here to peel back, you know, is AI artificial or is AI actually intelligent? And uh, where does all this stuff go to? So, uh, Nate, would you mind uh, quickly introducing yourself and uh, what you're up to in your role as VP of Product Marketing at Salesforce Pardot? Yeah, thanks, Tyler, and thanks, Randy. Nate Skinner, uh, VP of Product Marketing for Pardot from Salesforce. I've been a, a B2B marketer for, God, I, I'm about to age myself, the better part of 15 years for sure, um, and, and love working with the Pardot product because our audience is a bunch of people that have similar challenges and, and opportunities to the challenges and opportunities I face every day in my role. So uh, we are excited about the opportunity to, to talk to you guys today. And, and the AI topic is definitely top of mind for, for our customers and, and, and for a lot of the audiences I get to talk to as well. So one of the things to, to kick it off, um, you know, putting on your, your B2B marketer hat and looking at tools and platforms like a Pardot and, and other marketing tech that we're seeing out there. Um, you know, how much do you see intelligence and automation and things that we would call AI today to be really a, you know, a key part of those platforms versus, you know, what they're doing to help us simply manage and distribute, you know, email and content and so on. Uh, how do you view that relationship and like where is your focus now as a B2B marketer and as a product marketer at Pardot uh, in terms of where you guys are investing and, and what you see as kind of the, the evolution of that? Yeah, I mean, you know, the the it's early days as far as I can tell for AI and the, the application of it for especially for B2B marketers. Um, some of the obvious, you know, areas where where things are helpful when you when you have AI baked into the systems you're using, things like helping you identify the right accounts, you know, uh, lookalike audiences, for instance, you can you can look at the attributes 
that make up your ideal customer profile and say, okay, it's companies of certain size, uh, it's companies in certain industries. And by taking advantage of an AI platform, have the, the technology, the machine learning do the discovery for you. Like, oh, look, here's another one, just like the one you said is, is the ideal customer. That, that's, that's pretty straightforward. And, and our customers are taking advantage of that today. Some of the more exciting things, kind of to your point, is you know, how do you take that and do more with it? How do you take, let's say, an anonymous lead, someone you haven't, but hasn't raised their hand yet, they visited a website or something, um, and, and how do you look at those folks and say, oh, that looks a lot like a similar lead or a similar contact who converted down the funnel? Uh, that's actually exciting and kind of more cutting edge, and we're hearing about customers doing that as well with our technology. Um, that, that's one kind of next generation w- applicability of, of AI. I think there's, there's more, though, that we can be doing, not just in the traditional sense of what a B2B marketer is charged with, which is finding the right leads and nurturing them along the path towards you know, a sale, but even further down the, the B2B marketer's life, right? We, we know that it's not all about leads. Sometimes we have to manage budgets. Sometimes we have to put together events. And so applicability to the operational side of the job is also there for AI, where we have in, in Salesforce and Pardot, Einstein is our account in, uh, artificial intelligence layer that's kind of fundamental to our platform. Having it tell us, look, you, you're looking for the right city to run an event. Well, here are where the, the number, you know, the top opportunities, the top accounts that are, that are in love with the technology and using it every day based on their usage of the technology, the, here are the top five cities where those folks exist, having that be part of a dashboard without having to go run a report yourself is, is also important because, you know, we have a lot of resources and we want to go do a lot of things, but we have to prioritize ruthlessly because we don't have, you know, unlimited resources. I think that's the case for, for all of our customers and you guys can probably identify with that as well. So AI in that context, helping me understand where to apply my limited resources in such a way as to drive the results that we've already experienced because the machine learning is looking at success and comparing the opportunity in front of us. You know, it's it's super interesting, and I'm going to put you on the spot in a moment here, Randy. So prepare yourself. Um, but uh, but but one of the trends that I've I've seen myself is we've built a lot of. Um, intelligence into our internal system. So you talked about things like, okay, is an individual lead, uh, you know, what have they been interacting with? So are they warm? Or are there certain programs that based on our own criteria have been successful or not? And, and that intelligence to help us kind of optimize how we engage with people or what programs we run. Um, but what I'm starting to see, it gets me really excited, is, is machine learning and AI are now starting to merge external data sources with internal data sources. And, and actually, I think the event example is probably a pretty good one there, Nate, because you know I want to know where to run an event, not just based on who my customers are in the area of what I have in my database, but pulling from external data sources to understand where is their market intent, perhaps, right? Like where are there even geographically more people searching for information related to the event I might I might serve up. And I think that stuff has so much interesting potential. And and, and Randy, I said I put you on the spot. I'd, I wanted you to react to that because I know you're living in this world with things that you guys are doing as well. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, like I was listening to Nate and, and you know, all the areas that you talk about where this could be done potentially, right? And I think it, that's the scary part though, right? Like it's exciting in that there's so many ways that we could infuse AI, 
But then you start hearing those and it goes back to like, you know, reading about the future and watching Minority Report. We're like, okay, but when's this actually going to happen? When am I going to be able to do this? And I think what we started to realize ourselves is, is that marketers are still getting a little overwhelmed by saying, okay, let me just take data and figure out what to do with it. We actually, you know, Tyler, if you recall, we had uh, Mike Ballard from Lenovo. They, they did an amazing job on a previous podcast talking about how they built something themselves. But I think the reality is, is that what we need as marketers is the vendors we work with to start to build an AI layer into the platforms that we're already using. Because this idea of AI, like, like you said, Nate, it's, it's got to apply to what we're already doing. So we don't want to drop our event tools and our planning tools from a marketing planning perspective, but rather we want to just infuse a layer of AI into, into how we deliver. And that's, you know, with Uberflip AI, that's what we did with content recommendations. Instead of that pure manual, we want to actually just, you know, let, let people put a little bit of autopilot on from time to time. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the, 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 you're absolutely right, Randy, the, the, the um, kind of overwhelming amount of information. <clears throat> I don't know, you guys have seen the, you know, the MarTech uh, picture, or I forget the producer of that kind of landscape of all the Scott Brinker. Scott Brinker it's, does an amazing job at overwhelming us all. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like gotten kind of I look at it and I, I feel anxiety. And as a B2B marketer, I, I like which one of those do I go like explore for doing what I need to do? And, and by the way, I can't boil the ocean. I have to, you know, our customers are constantly the, the, the piece of advice we had yesterday here in Atlanta, actually, a customer of ours from user IQ. Her name's Nicole. She's the CMO there. She stood there and I asked her, you know, hey, what would the one piece of advice you'd, you'd give all these B2B marketers out here that are looking at solutions and determining what, what path they should take? And she said, kind of to your point, Randy, it's like, start, start with a problem you're trying to solve and, and f- go figure out how to solve that problem, the one that's the most op- the, that represents the biggest opportunity for you to drive results for your business. And then assure that you're aligned to the 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 measures and the metrics that the company cares most about. And so for her, that that was simple, right? We need to drive lead flow and we need to drive it intelligently and we need to give it to our salespeople at the right time at the right at the right place. Um, what that translates into for AI though is like, well, we already have all these contacts. We already have all these leads. We already have all this data coming coming at us in, you know, from every source you can imagine. So instead of kind of going and getting another thing to, to have tell me what leads should be routed where, what if there was AI baked in that helped me identify lookalike audiences, for instance, or leads that look a lot like others that have already converted? That's the stuff that she wanted to take advantage of, and she suggested people think that same way about it. Then, then you're not overwhelmed. You're like, you know, take it in pieces. Don't try to boil the ocean. And, of course, the best part of that, in my mind, around her, her suggestion was um, that directly aligns with the sales team because the sales folks, you know, as B2B marketers, we hear this all the time. I'm not getting enough leads or the leads I'm getting aren't great or whatever, or the leads aren't getting passed in an efficient fashion. Well, as a B2B marketer, there's nothing worse than that, right? Like we, we know that lead generation at volume is one thing, but when we know that we're generating quality leads and the artificial intelligence solution baked into our platform is telling us that these are extremely valuable and even going as far as prioritizing them on our behalf, that's even worse. Now you've just compounded the problem, right? Now we're saying salespeople, here are the leads. They are scored very high for a reason because the, the AI layer is looking at these leads compared to others who have already converted. 
and you're not working those either, like that's a big problem. And so Nicole's suggestion to kind of pick apart a solution that you can identify that's aligned to the business that you can immediately put into place and take it one step at a time, I thought was really, really strong advice for our, for our audience. Yeah, I like that a lot. I mean, it, it's funny. Don't get me wrong. A, the shift to AI and the shift ahead that we'll have to AI is a huge step for us, right? As marketers and, and you know, just even in our day-to-day in terms of how we interact. But if you look back historically, it's not as big as other shifts we've had to deal with. I mean, you think about, I always think the biggest shift we had to deal with was going as marketers from a print world to an online world. I mean, that was monumental in terms of just rebuilding everything from the ground up. Where I think we're at, and I think this is what you know, your conversation with CMOs that you're hearing, is that it's just about adding a layer that will allow us to scale at another level. And a lot of the examples you just gave, Nate, you know, really have, have to do with scale. I'm wondering if we can just like to truly humanize this though for, for people listening, you know, which we have to do with AI because it's all about robots. Uh, you know, maybe you can give us an example of maybe some of the go-to markets that you've done at, in your own campaigns that have been able to leverage you know, an AI component in one way or another. Yeah, that's a great one. I mean, one of the, it's it's very much exactly what we were just talking about around. Um, we use Einstein B two B marketing analytics, which is on our platform. By the way, Salesforce on Salesforce, right? We we use our own technology to do what we what we tell other customers how to do a lot of times, um, and we use the analytics layer, which sits on top of the Pardot and Salesforce, uh, to help us identify these opportunities. Um, and one of those was around ABM. Actually, it was a uh, you know, we, we want to help our customers identify the right accounts, then identify the leads within those accounts that are the highest propensity to buy. And so we used, we actually, Einstein did it for us. We literally said, okay, here are, uh, it was a couple of dozen accounts that we all determined in partnership with sales to be the most valuable accounts for us to go look for. Now, Einstein and AI tell us which accounts that are in our database already that look a lot like these, right? So it could be discrete manufacturers or wholesalers or high-tech software companies, whatever that was. We didn't actually have to put a lot of calories into the exercise. We just said, these are the lookalikes that are the right ones. Go find the rest that look just like these. And we ended up with a list of 800 accounts that look just like the ones we said were ideal. And from that... Then we looked at, okay, well, what's the uh, propensity to, uh, uh, to buy an uh, ABM solution? Not everybody, as you guys know, right? ABM is not for everyone. So which accounts are ABM specific, like that have a strategy for account-based marketing that we could really put something in front of them that was relevant? And from that 800 list, we had about 550. And we then generated a direct mail piece that literally was, hey, you've probably thinking about ABM or getting started with it. We think you should have a look at this kind of field marketer's guide to account-based marketing. And it was a direct mail piece that had like a getting started guide in it for how to you sh- how you should go about identifying the right accounts, how you should go about delivering the right engaging content to people either in those accounts or identified as as associated to them, you know, influencers or whatever. Um, how should you measure the results of that? We gave all that into the, the direct mail piece. And the results were kind of phenomenal because you're now talking to what you know to be the perfect customer 
and you have more data about the fact that they're probably considering ABM, most are anyhow, uh, and then we delivered a piece that was highly relevant to them. So that was a, a very recent exercise we went through and had tremendous results. I love that case. I, I think it, you know, what I think I like about it the most for just to kind of break it apart is it, it shows that as marketers, we still need a balance of art and science, right? I mean, you, you were able to leverage the AI component to, to break down that list and find the lookalike accounts, but you still had to pull in all the creativity aspects of executing the campaign and even to a degree, you know, pulling in those ABM factors. So I think that's, a, you know, something for us to keep in mind as marketers. And, you know, we're going to come right back for more insights from Nate Skinner, but we're going to take a quick break and hear from some of the sponsors who helped make this podcast possible. Hey, Zoe. Hey, Kelly. Do you know what I love? Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, him, but also Netflix and how it always shows me what I'll love, aka all the murder mysteries. Ooh, or documentaries about puppies. I wish there was a way to do that with B2B content. Well, hold on to your pants. So you know Uberflip? It lets you create a better content journey for your readers. So I can let my readers binge my content while my sales team also sends it out to prospects? You sure can. Amazing. How do I get it? Just head over to uberflip.com and request a demo. Welcome back to Content Pros. It's Tyler Lassard here, as with always, Randy Frisch from Uberflip, and our guest today, Nate Skinner. And we were just starting to touch on the use of AI and, and artificial intelligence in an account-based marketing strategy. So using insights um, under the covers, over the covers, to better understand who our potential buyers might be um, and to help us prioritize them. And, you know, Nate, one of the things I wanted to follow up on that is, uh, you know, how do we think about using um, intelligence and, and insights and data beyond just identifying those target accounts that we should be going after. So I think that's a hugely important step as we think more about you know, an account strategy. And I've seen ABM work in our own business to help us identify, you know, here are the 100 or 150 that are most likely to buy or have the highest propensity to engage. Once we get started with that, um, what's the next step and how does, you know, how does AI or does it um, play a role in the actual engagement strategies with those accounts once you've gotten their first sort of bite? Yeah, Tyler, that's a great question. And actually, exactly what I think most most customers out there that are thinking about ABM um, are thinking about too, right? Like, okay, I've got my list. Now what? <laughs> uh, and and the the next step is is in my in in our. Uh, opinion is making sure you're delivering account specific content and offers that are relevant, not just to the accounts you've identified and the, the leads or contacts you have at those accounts, but also there's a bunch of people you probably don't know at those accounts. You know, we could use any example you want, but let's just use Salesforce. If you're a company out there which, that was trying to, you've identified Salesforce as the account you'd like to market to, well, there's 27,000 people here. So now, how do you put offers and content and experiences in front of the right people at this account, and maybe even the people you don't even know yet, to make sure that they're receiving a message that's relevant from your business, whatever it is you're trying to sell us. And that's where AI can really help as well, because it can say, look, I know Nate Skinner is an employee of Salesforce. I can have the machine learning capability of an Einstein go look at that contact detail, determine things like title, role, organization, potentially, geography. I live in Atlanta. And that can help inform 
you know, with rules and kind of the, the magic of machine learning, it can help inform whether that person should be getting a particular offer. Should we offer A, you know, offer A goes to anyone VP and above, offer B goes to the operators and practitioners in the sales organization, and offer C goes to anybody that's in, you know, IT. You can do that with AI because it can go and kind of mine the contact data that you have. And if you don't have it in your CRM, you can use, you know, the data exchange and app exchange for all kinds of data augmentation from other sources. I think Randy mentioned that earlier, like using data providers to clean up your data is a really good step in this process. But once it's nice and clean, you can literally use AI to determine which offers to give to who based on who those people are. And that's kind of next level. And and we're seeing some customers have tremendous success there. Yeah, that's that's the stuff that that gets me really excited uh, as as you look at this long term, and, and it brings it right back to the, the the topic of content, which of course we focus on a lot here with with our audience, and it's that you know potential to be able to, you know, serve the you know optimal content to to each individual, and and something that's so close to my heart because as a marketing team as well, we produce so much content. But my biggest worry is 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 the right piece getting in front of the right person. Like we've got you know 120 ebooks and 500 videos, but I'm never Never sure if the right person is really getting the right piece of content, and I think I've got a lot of work there to do in, in our own team and how we do that. So just um, to but jump I, in yeah, there, I Tyler, like, and like to kind of compound the problem you just outlined and, and the one from Nate is what we have to keep in mind is it's not just what's the right content for my audience. It's keeping in mind that for a lot of us, if you've seen the reports by like CEB, I guess they're Gartner these days, it's that 6.8 people will weigh into the the buying decision, especially when it comes to solutions like technology that are more of that considered purchase. So not only do you have to do it for one person, but you almost have to find the overlap of interest for all those different buyers and how, how they intersect at some point. That, that's, I was going to bring that back up. I mean, Randy, you mentioned it earlier. It's like, you know, what, not only is there tons of content, and Tyler, your point around like, is this ebook or this particular offer the right offer for that person? But there's this other thing called, I don't know the people at the company that are the most influential. And it, it, I don't know them, that they're not in my database. I don't have their details. So how do you go find those people too and engage them with something that's relevant? And maybe they're you know the millennial generation that's not in looking at their emails. They're not necessarily going to a landing page. They're actually browsing Snapchat or they're in you know Facebook or Instagram or somewhere else. And the offer would be more relevant to them delivered there. So how do you know where to put it and why? And that is where AI can really help because it can help you understand and, and basically segment your audience in such a way that you could deliver those very specific offers to the right people and even people that you don't know based on the machine learning that's, that's giving you the insights that you don't have manually. So how do people really think about getting started with this? And, and you mentioned that, you know, I think, you, Nate, when you were talking earlier about your, your event recently, I think there was a, a very good piece of advice, which is, you know, start where you're solving a real problem um, and where you believe you can get a big impact. And, and I think for us and many, it starts with your core marketing automation platform and your marketing orchestration engine, uh, which for a lot of people will be Salesforce, Pardot, and, and solutions of that nature. Um, so I absolutely see that those platforms need to continue to evolve with AI capabilities. Um, is that the place most marketers are starting? And then what other you know, solutions are they thinking about as a way to bring some of these ideas to life in their, in their businesses? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I could be biased, <laughs> but I do, I do, you know, take off my Salesforce hat and, and I've done, you know, worked for other companies in the past and, and I was a B2B marketer elsewhere. And I can tell you that account-based marketing starts with accounts. So like identifying the right accounts is a key thing. One thing that's in, as a step to kind of Tyler to your, to your question is like, that's a step you should absolutely take in partnership with your sales leadership and your sales organization well, let's identify the right accounts and all agree that these are the right ones. But as a marketer on the cutting edge of applying AI to this ABM exercise, what if you went into that room and said, now that we've identified them, I'm going to let AI and Einstein in our case, help me identify those that we may not have picked because we didn't even know they existed. I used this example uh, the other day where the customer, um, we were talking about like, now we've picked the account list and it's a hundred accounts. My point was, well, what if there's 200 others that you're just not thinking about because you don't have them in your database? And my example was like, you know, if you are trying to sell commercial furniture to companies who are building out offices in the Atlanta area, I live in Atlanta, and you only have it, you, your 100 accounts are those companies in the Atlanta area that will buy or have bought furniture before. Well, you're missing out on all these upcoming startups and kind of well-funded, you know, new unicorns, if you will, that are about to go buy furniture in bulk from someone and you just didn't have them on your list because you didn't even know to, to put them on the list. That actually is where AI can be extraordinarily helpful because it can use other data sources to look for audiences that look just like the ones you know are perfect for your solution. And that that is like step one is... Yes, identify the right accounts in partnership with sales, but then go further as a B2B marketer with AI and say, hey, guys, we should actually add these other 50 that we didn't even know we should. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's super interesting. And I think for a lot of people, um, it's, you know, it sounds like you know, a little bit intimidating, um, but I've found, again, once you've, you know, you've got the right solution and, and you just have the right mindset that it can actually be pretty straightforward to, to get into gear and you don't have to boil the ocean. You don't have to implement a huge ABM program or AI program. Um, it's about you know, flipping some of those switches and starting with some of those you know, incremental steps of just, you know, let's start with it to identify accounts and prioritize, and then we can sort of elevate from there. Um, hey, Randy, I'm going to give you a softball here, and, and, and this is purely because um, I actually think what you guys have done is exceptionally cool. Um, would you mind just you know, 20 seconds telling people what you guys did with Uberflip AI? Because I think it's a really interesting example of, of how you can do something pretty simple, but that can have pretty big yeah, impact. Yeah, sure, but without even plugging what we do, even maybe I'll give even people a, a nice framework to think about how we built our AI engine here. Um, and it, it's really three words that, that we ended up kind of summarizing it. It's rules, audiences, and data, right? And if you can think of those three, so you start with, you know, let's start with audiences, right? As Nate touched on earlier, that's understanding who you want to target. Do I want to target someone from Atlanta who's a CMO and so on and everything around that, right? You know, the, the, neck, the next one obviously is, uh, is data. You know, we need those data sources. Now, some of that data can live in our marketing automation system. I mean, think about all the, the inputs that are going into your marketing automation uh, on an ongoing basis, right? Um, you know, all the engagement of where you've got that cookie dropped, all the contact details that start sitting there, all that information. In our case, we actually also started to tap into 
third-party data. So we do that uh, through partners like Bombora. If you've heard of Bombora, they can actually track what your visitors are doing before they even land on your site so that we don't have to wait to, to learn about these audiences, but we can actually learn about them before, right? And once you have audiences and data, then you just need to apply rules. And that's exactly what Nate was telling us before. It's, it's okay, if it's this audience and then I want to use this data first or I want to use this data to make my decision before or after. And you start to be, think about that framework in anything that you're doing and it becomes very simple. And that's where, as we said at the beginning, if you have solutions that have the infrastructure to deliver out some sort of decision, you just need to layer in these new rules and audiences and data to accomplish that. And that's what we did with content is serve up content to the right audience using the data and rules that you've got in the systems that you already have in place. And, you know, in our case, we were just serving up the next piece of content instead of what you had manually set in a more automated fashion. That's really cool. What's really cool too is that how similar that is to kind of this broader direction that we we keep on revisiting with our customers and our audiences, which is you got identifying the right accounts is more than just picking a list, but it's also partnership with sales and marketing alignment. And then what you just said, like now you know who they are, you use these other data sources to augment the the information, um, set up your rules, and then by definition, you will improve engagement within that account because you're delivering relevant content to the right person at the right time. And that engagement improvement drives the results that you're looking for in the first place. Like I, it fascinates me how many people, I think uh, Cindy Zhao from Constellation Research published this paper and I encourage everyone to, to download it and search her name in Constellation, but something like 90% of her customers who inquire about ABM said they plan to implement ABM strategy this year, but only 20% of them said they had confidence in their ability to execute that strategy. It has a lot to do with you know what Tyler, you and Randy both said earlier about the confusion in the market and the, the vast number of you know vendors p- pitching solutions. But it also had to do with not actually having a very clear line of sight into the steps you should take, identifying those accounts, improve the account engagement with content that's relevant the way Randy just described, making sure you don't forget to synchronize with your business and your sales partners, and ultimately constantly revisit the effort itself to assure you're getting the results you hope to get. And that's like measurement and modify and optimize you know, using using analytics and the data that you've got. Yeah, I think I think that's really well put, Nate. And uh, you know, I, I think what you're also pointing out is how early we are. You know, and in all these buzzwords that as we said at the beginning are part of every every conversation we have as marketers, it's talking about what we're gonna do next. I mean, you know, the number of people I talk to who are overwhelmed by ABM is is overwhelming in itself, right? I mean, there's there's no best practices that are really overly established at this point, and there's not that many gurus out there. So a lot of people, I think, are are learning as we go as as things change pretty quickly. And it's it's been a lot of fun to have the conversation between the three of us. So at the end of our podcast, though, what we always like to do is just get to know the person behind. Um, so I was trying to figure out the first question to ask you. It's kind of hard to dig up too much on you on the web, but I figured we'd let's let's first stick on AI. All right. So so first we're gonna go movies. So what was your I don't even know if you saw either of these movies, so I'm just taking a stab. AI with Haley Joel Osmond or X Machina. Did one of those resonate with you? X Machina. I, I didn't see the other <laughs> okay. one. Um, uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, this this actually is it's funny because 
movies like Ex Machina, they they impart this fear on you about the extensive the extent to which this stuff can come to life. Um, I think it, it actually, on the one hand, is exciting to think about what's possible. While on the other hand, for a B2B marketer, this kind of stuff gets scary. I think we talked about it earlier, right? It's like, holy cow, where do I begin? And what do I need to do to make this even possible with the tools and the systems and the processes and the people that I have? Um, because the finished product is so advanced compared to where I am today. And I think that's, that causes people to have anxiety. Very cool. I was going to throw Westworld in there too, but I was, you know, I was trying to stay more movie and, and whatnot. But as long as we're going there, I mean, one of the other cool similarities between content recommendations and, and everything we've been talking about today is things like Netflix. So what, what shows are Netflix most likely to recommend for you? Like when you're, when you're not in work mode, what is the stuff that it's serving up for you based on your past watching uh, habits? Well, uh, it, it, it's always serving up kids' nice. movies, specifically dinosaur Don't ones. Don't you hate when they cross into your account? You're like, no! <laughs> yeah, and I'm terrible about switching profile from, from me to my, to my son, who's two and a half, so I get tons of the latest dinosaur cartoons. Um, uh, but besides that, I get a lot of uh, political thrillers because I, I watch House of Cards like every chance I get, and, and I'm a little behind right now, but I do get a ton of additional kind of thrillers. It was interesting that in the context of political thrillers, I got the, the old, um, what was it called with, with uh, Robert Redford and uh, um, Dustin, Dustin, I'm forgetting his name, but it was about the Watergate scandal. That one came through, and I thought that was pretty right, timely nice. and also relevant. <laughs> Ironically. Um, I, wonder, so, I wonder if that's AI yeah, or right. a little bit of Netflix manipulation. <laughs> <laughs> it could, I, that's a good question. I probably have awesome. both. Awesome. Well, Nate, this has been so much fun chatting with you today. Uh, you know, we've really enjoyed. If people want to learn more, what's a great place to, to read some of the content you're creating these days? Yeah, uh, the, thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it, Randy and Tyler both. Uh, you can always visit Pardot.com for more about us uh, or Salesforce.com slash Pardot. Awesome. On behalf of Tyler Lassard over at Vidyard, I'm Randy Frisch at Uberflip. This has been the Content Pros Podcast. You can check out more of our past episodes at contentprospodcast.com. Leave us a review wherever you find it on iTunes or whatnot and let us know how we can make this a little bit better, at least until machines start telling us how to do so. Until next time, this has been the Content Pros Podcast. This is Jay Bayer, and thanks for listening to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Convince & Convert and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince & Convert Media. Interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show? Visit us at convinceandconvert.com. 